Well, now that everybody's sipping the Kool-Aid for Texas football, let's pretend we're football for the next hour. I'm your host, Will Bazer, and I'm joined alongside by Johnny Brashear and Timothy Preston, as always. You guys listen to the Hornscast channel. It's the Hornscast channel on any podcasting platform out there. You're also listening to the smooth tunes of the Budos Band. You guys should go ahead and give those guys a listen. Great music. Today, we're going to be talking about Texas continuing on with their season as they take on Oklahoma and take on Kentucky. We're also going to talk about the news coming out of Michigan where they have suspended their program, all of their programs, for two weeks and how that might potentially affect Texas and just basketball in general, college basketball in general. But let's start off right there, y'all, because there's reports coming out that Michigan has suspended all of their sports programs for the next two weeks due to the new COVID strains coming out of the UK. Now, that doesn't mean Kentucky, even though we all know that you can probably get diseases from there. This is the United Kingdom, the new strain of COVID. Y'all, this seems to be like something or looking like something that's probably going to affect and be replicated by most sports programs across the country, right? Yeah, the uh, Boris flu is uh, like I like to call it is uh, the the new variant that is popping up all over the place. The Boris flu, thirty to fifty percent more transmissible, depending on what what estimates you see than than the current COVID strains that uh, we clearly have a really good handle on here in the United States. So uh, the reason that we wanted to talk about it is just if if nothing else to let people know that uh, if Michigan is willing to suspend all of their sports for up to two weeks because they spotted it, uh, it's probably not the last program that you're going to see that at. Um, teams are teams and conferences are already starting to shuffle their pro, uh, shuffle their schedules around and shuffle around who plays when and everybody's already in scramble mode prior to this. Uh, and if this is that much more transmissible, then it's probably going to be even more of an issue going forward. Like I, I would, I would be kind of surprised if we end up with everybody getting their full conference schedule in, uh, because of this, in addition to the quote unquote normal COVID strain. Well, that makes me question whether or not conference tournaments are even going to happen. And do y'all think that there's a potential that the NCAA kind of pulls what baseball does and goes deeper into the summer to get stuff through, like March Met, what might be June Madness, or even those conference tournaments? I, I don't I don't think they're going to postpone the NCAA tournament if they can possibly help it. Uh, they've already announced that schedule. They've already announced some of the prerequisites for getting in. You're already seeing on ESPN and some other places, people who are more connected than me start to float the idea that there are going to be some conference tournaments that if if they're not outright canceled, uh, there's maybe some teams that will opt out because one of the requirements of getting into the NCAA tournament beyond just being selected by your conference or as an at-large is seven consecutive days of negative tests within your players and all tier one people, which includes coaching staffs. And seven days before the NCAA tournament is conference tournaments. So you might see a team like Baylor or Gonzaga or Texas or somebody like that say, you know, I think 
think we're going to sit this out because we got to eye on a bigger prize. And they don't, you know, teams like that don't need, quote unquote, uh, the conference tournaments to get in. And you could so see that's how Kansas is going to win again this year. Yes, they're going to win because it's going to be them and Kansas State and Iowa State and TCU in a four-team Big 12 tournament. And uh, <laughs> Kansas is going to win by 48 points over Kansas State in the final. Yeah, it's. I, I, it's, I guess we just should be prepared for even more... Uh, upheaval and insanity than normal and you know i wouldn't be surprised if in this year in this climate really yeah um it's it's been uh, such a normal year yeah i mean you know you think of there's a lot of different ways to go with this but if you think about like take you know one of the mid-major conferences or you know maybe the west coast conference where they say well gonzaga is clearly the best team uh we need them to be in the tournament so we're going to cancel the conference tournament because we got our team. That's the team that's going to represent us. That's our automatic bid. And probably nobody else is coming in, you know, as an at-large. Maybe BYU or something. But, uh, you know, or you look at one of the, the lower mid-majors where they may just not have the finances to bubble up for a conference tournament. So they may say, we're one bid league regardless. So whoever wins a regular season is our champion. And we can put them in a hotel. We just can't put everybody else in a hotel. So um, there, there's there's a good chance there's going to be even more chaos than we have already seen to this point. Yeah, I I can throw shit at the wall, <laughs> but obviously there's there's a ton of people that are way above my pay grade thinking about this stuff. I guess where I where I would take this momentarily at least is I never quite understood the thought process of making it a similar schedule to a normal year. You know, obviously they started about a month late or about you know two or three weeks late and. But to follow a very comparable timeline of, of what it would normally be just seemed always seemed a little bit um, optimistic, awkward. Yeah, just just sort of like strange just from a standpoint of, of this is a winter sport that's played indoors. And obviously, you know, you, Johnny's done a, done a good job of kind of pointing out the hypocrisy of places like Baylor and and I want to say TC or Tech that have had a decent amount of fans in the stadiums and like, you know, in the one anyway, so whatever uh texas has has i think kind of smartly uh, been thoughtful about saying hey we're just you know we're gonna be fanless here but but it wasn't like that was difficult no i agree and but it i it there's just there's just you missed really... the joke tim oh woo. <laughs> uh but I, I why this couldn't have been may madness in the first place just right i just doesn't make i don't i don't know why they made that decision uh, just because it seems kind of arbitrary because none of the spring sports baseball, I guess, sort of, you know, excluded really moved the needle. And I don't think regardless, I mean, you're not talking about, you know, as as much as, as college baseball is important to fans and, and to the schools. I don't other than Texas or maybe some stuff on like the SEC network or Pac-12 network like they'll. Those are not TV events. Like that's not stuff that they need to be worried about. So it's not like I don't really feel like you're com- you're combating for the same kind of viewership stuff with that. But but here we are, and so I I think it would be pretty tough to undo the schedule and the infrastructure that they're building there in in Indianapolis. Um, I just I, I can't imagine that they push that back off. What I think will be really interesting is which. Or how many teams, when we get to that tournament time, aren't there? 
like what schools take it on the chin and you know if if it's a school like Oklahoma State or a school like Maryland or Rutgers like okay whatever like that's a team that probably deserves to be in the tournament but isn't going to make it but there's going to be some big ones like there's going to be a team like Gonzaga or like Michigan or like Texas or Baylor that just doesn't go you know <laughs> and so it just it, it would be a hundred percent Shaka Smart's luck to field his best team and finally look like his luck is turning around and then for them to not even be able to go to the tournament that would be a hundred percent Shaka Smart luck at Texas I I think it it the most likely uh the most likely scenario that doesn't really benefit Shaka in any meaningful way is that they end up with such a chaotic amount of teams that don't make it because of positive tests that Shaka wins like a 10-team NCAA tournament. And everybody goes, yeah, there's a big asterisk on that because that's like, there's only like 10 teams. Like, But we'd celebrate the hell out of oh, that Oh, sure. Still. Yeah, no, Put I, the banner I would, up, yeah, boys. I, I would get a banner with an asterisk. I would not care. Like, you know, get a banner for the title, another banner with a giant asterisk, whatever. I don't care. Um, but I just see like that being like, surly just goes nuts because they're like well they only beat 10 teams you know <laughs> like technically beat nine he was the 10th but whatever whatever it's a natty you got a natty <laughs> yeah i'm interested to see if something like what michigan did if that proliferates throughout the rest of the ncaa if they are kind of have their hand forced if this happens in late february where oh yeah like this the new covid strain if that is more serious than we think it is. Like we were looking at COVID last time this year, it now forces people's hand and they're like, all right, well we have to go ahead and move everything back and deal with it that way. I could a hundred percent see that because it is the NCAA. And unless they have their hand literally forced, which it looks like it might happen. It's good. You know, that's how they change. And it looks like that's, and I could definitely see it happening like that. I guess I I could only see it if they if it turned into, hey, we're going to push this back a couple months. I can't imagine that they would be able to. I mean, maybe they would, but I, I think it would be really difficult for for any entity to just say, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna press pause for two weeks and then ask these hotels or ask these ven- venues to just say, all right, be ready to at the you know in on a ten day notice clear your entire schedule and make this work. Now, maybe they can, but I think it'd be more likely that they would push it back like, okay, well, we're going to, we'll revisit this the last weekend of April or something like that, mm-hmm. like, it, which which presents its own problems with graduations and guys kind of doing what, you know, whatever other choices they might have and stuff. But but I, I my feeble mind has a hard time wrapping his brain around what they're going to end up doing. I just, I just think it's going to be, hey, you got a case? See ya. Good luck next year. So, and I think the NCAA can can say that pretty, in some in some respects, pretty honestly, because they've already said everybody gets an extra year. So it's not as if they're saying, "Hey, you don't get a chance. Sorry, whatever senior, you're not going to have another opportunity. Whatever they're 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 gifting every single player, no matter what, no questions asked, the red shirt. So I I guess I just think it's most likely that they're going to say, "Hey, this is when it's going to happen. If you don't make it, sorry. Better luck next year. We'll see." Imagine two straight years in a row that Baylor is like a top three team and they get zero tournament wins out of it. 
just just marinate on that for a moment. That's I love pretty it. enjoyable. So much. Yeah. And add on top of it the idea that Coleman and Raimi come back. That'd be cool. Well, Raimi's a junior, but Coleman coming back would be pretty good. I, yeah. I would enjoy that. Well, let's go ahead and bring up the next game that is happening for Texas before it gets postponed in five minutes while we're talking about it. The Oklahoma game. They suck. And they started off their first four-game death stretch, their first one, of Kansas, Texas, number 18 Alabama, and Texas Tech with a win over Kansas and Norman. So they're coming off that big win. I I guess Kansas isn't what they were or have been in the past, but still a win over Kansas. They're still probably pretty happy about it. I know they're pretty much celebrating it across their school. How do we pound their faces into the ground and make Oklahoma fans upset that they are alive? That would make me so happy. Somebody explain to me how it happens. I'm I'm hoping that someone discovers Brady Mannix meth lab. That's all I'm, that's what I'm really hoping for is that they go, Oh yeah, you're arrested. Um, <laughs> although it's in Oklahoma, so <laughs> like, he might just I like, get a, I like the demeanor know. of the cup. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You're, yeah, you're arrested. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Oh, it's, it's, oh, that's I it. was here for something unrelated and I just found this. So I guess we're doing this. <laughs> um, also what's up with your hair, man? You know, the, the, the interesting thing about Oklahoma is, and one of the things we talked about early uh, early in the season or prior to the season was that their limitation was going to be their defense, that their offense is solid. They, they do a really good job offensively. Lon Kruger's always been an offensively-minded coach. Uh, their defense was going to have to pick it up, and it appears that it has. Um, they, they are now 41st in Ken Palm in def- defensive efficiency, which is uh, – much better than it was before. They are actually, I want to say, yeah, they're the second best defense in conference play, um, which is, you know, pretty surprising, honestly. So I, I, I haven't seen exactly what they're doing defensively that that's been um, that responsible for that sort of pickup in in results. But I would say that they have always had the the players to have a good defense if they could all get together. Um, and I think guys like Kuath and uh, Debbie and Harmon and guys like that just they they all sort of they 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 play a good role and they they've got plenty of good guys on that team that it's not surprising to me that they're winning some games. But I am a little surprised that their defense has uh, progressed to the point that it has. Well, I'm surprised you're talking about Brady Manick and not Austin Reeves. Yeah, I just, yeah, Austin Reeves is just so hateable. Um, he's so easily hateable. Uh, he's perfect for Oklahoma because he's just so hateable. Uh, you know, he came from Wichita State where you hated him there, and then he moved here, and he kind of had a downstretch where you're like, okay, he's not as hateable, and this year he's back to being hateable again. So, um, part for the course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that they are really good at, and I think this is part of why they do so well in uh, in these tight games, is that they are just a really good free throw shooting team all over. They've got several guys who can hit free throws on you at a very reliable rate, uh, Reeves included. So it makes it difficult when you're getting into these late game situations, especially like for Kansas. They, you know, they're trying to come back, but it really didn't matter who they fouled. I mean, not that they could get the ball out of Reeves' hand, but even if they did, there were a couple other guys who could go to the line and hit free throws. So Texas needs to, and they need to watch out for that because if it's 
a minute left and they're down by five, things are going to be pretty bleak because they're going to have to rely on some guys to miss free throws who do not regularly miss free throws. I have a hard time with Oklahoma. I'm not certain what to make of them, honestly. I They're not super duper impressive athletically, and that carries over to the way that they play. I don't think that it's a question of, of long career or being unable to coach defense, uh, why people were, you know, were, were a little bit down on them uh, and what their defense was going to look like this year. But I, I don't want to say it's smoke and mirrors. I'm not convinced that they're as good as their numbers suggest. Although, I mean, it's tough to go against stats and, <laughs> and facts. But, but I, uh, to me, I, I think that they've caught some teams a little bit at, at times when, for me, the question mark is going to be how effectively does Texas create a situation where their ball handlers have to have to create offense for themselves. And can we do that and still not foul? Where Oklahoma really struggles is is for the most part, if you make someone off of their on their team like late clock or or just against a set defense, create from nothing, they've got Harmon and that's kind of it. Reeves is a nice player, and if you foul him, like Johnny said, he's gonna be cash at the free throw line. But he's just not a player that you would say, okay put the ball in his hands and he'll, you know, he'll facilitate something every time. He, he just, that's just really not where they are. And Manic is the same way. Manic's another guy that you give him some space. If you leave him open, he'll knock, you know, he'll shoot daggers. But if you defend them well and, and defend them, you know, with a set defense, I think Texas is going to have a, a lot of success. And where, where it will be interesting to me to see is I've talked here a lot about how you want to play fast. If you're Texas, you want to get up and down and move. And I don't, I don't want to, go against that in this game, but I'm fascinated to see how that plays out because I think you almost kind of want to play Oklahoma a little bit slower, or at the very least, if you do play fast, you got to play fast efficiently on the offensive end, because if we if we have long threes that turn into to runouts for them, or if we have some bad decisions that, that, that create open floor opportunities or opportunities for them that do not have us set defensively, that's where our Oklahoma can really get you because they've got the shooters to space the floor and they move the ball well and they, they just have a bunch of really smart players. But I'm not sure that if we if we can get back defensively and make them execute their offensive game plan that that they have the athletes to deal with us. I, I would take our defensive athleticism over their offensive execution if we're set. And so it's going to be interesting to, to follow throughout the course of the game how many opportunities does Oklahoma create where they force recoveries from Texas defense or they have numbers against us and and versus what is their efficiency when it's just simply their half court offense against our half court defense and and I'm I, I like I said I, I I really respect Harmon's game as someone that can create off the bounce but he really like when you've seen Oklahoma bog down it's it's him and kind of nobody else in those in those situations. And Kansas wasn't able to to keep them off the free throw line, and so they kind of got burnt. But if if Texas is a little bit better with that, and they can be more, um, they can be a little bit more dynamic than Kansas can be. Then I I, I like our chances. So there's uh, two two quick things uh, I want to mention. One is that uh, I I would not be surprised if Texas loses the turnover battle again in this matchup because. One of the things Oklahoma does really well is take care of the ball. They they don't turn the ball over on offense much at all. So I, I would not be surprised if this is another game where Texas is at a deficit uh, from from that point of view. Um, I, I had a second thing. 
I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I got my second thing. All right. I just, I gotta say, I don't, I don't get it with them. Like, I obviously there's teams all every year that kind of sneak up on you, but when I watch Oklahoma play, like I'm just not impressed. It's not that they're not well coached; they don't have decent players. But I just, in some cases, it felt like against Kansas, the sum of their parts was, or the the whole was was more than the sum of their parts. Because I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm underselling Greaves because he sucks, or maybe I think. You know, God, Manic is just so ugly, or whatever it is. But <laughs> something kind of is a is a stick for me. Oh yeah, I remember the second thing. It's that Oklahoma. One of their main deficiencies defensively is that they let people shoot the three. So if Texas can connect on their threes, if they can get set open catch and shoot threes, uh, they're probably going to win this game because Oklahoma's. Uh, as good as they've been at home against Tech and Kansas, uh, they're they're like one and three on the road in conference. So um, this this may be a much tougher game in Lauren or in Norman than it is in Austin. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I think Texas should be favored, but I, it's not like this is going to be a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I'm interested because what Tim said where he said they're a good free throw shooting team. And then you talked about the turnovers and, you know, Texas is going to give up the turnovers. It seems like those are the two things that are Texas's biggest downfall. Right. And those are the two things that might bite you in the ass because again, they're not the greatest defensive team. And if you just give them turnovers, then that's basically helping them out with their greatest efficiency. And then Texas is a fouling team to be, to be clear, I wouldn't say OU excels at turning the ball over. As no, far I'm as, like, saying Texas excels at giving the ball away. Right, but there's a little bit difference. Like I don't, it's Oklahoma's not going to defend us like Tech did. Like they don't, they just don't do that. They're they're not going to be as active. They're not going to play as fast as Tech did. So when we've struggled with with turnovers, it hasn't really been against teams that will defend like OU does. OU wants to be solid. They're not going to throw a bunch of wrinkles at you. They'll throw some zone in occasionally, but. But oh, or maybe they played. I don't know. Maybe they played a lot of zone against Kansas. I don't remember. I watched the game this weekend. There was a lot of zone. I'm trying to remember if that was that one or <laughs> which game it was. So sorry, but I think Johnny. To Johnny's point, he was talking more about how not so much that they turn you over, but that they just don't turn over the ball. So I guess I'm not as nervous that that OU is going to play passing lanes a lot, or that they're going to really pressure ball handlers, or that Matter or Courtney are going to are going to have a lot of problems with that. Like I I don't think OU's defense from that standpoint is really really good though they're capable but but just i just wanted to be clear about that point doesn't sound like there's much more to talk about on the o side here i I just hope we beat them because ou fans being happy is sadness let's go ahead and talk about kentucky because boy they're having a tough year aren't they and not that i feel bad for them or anything but This is just uncharacteristic of this year is Kansas isn't what they usually are. Kentucky is, what are they? Are they, they're five and nine. And then you have Duke who's bad. UNC isn't that great this year either. Michigan State isn't great. The only team that's usually pretty good is Gonzaga and they're doing pretty well. But besides that, all of these blue bloods and where the term comes from blue blood they kind of suck this year. Yeah, yeah, they they suck, and and none of them suck worse than Kentucky, which is uh, awesome. But also at the same time, I I I, I do kind of wish Texas got 
Kentucky, like a, a good Kentucky team this year. Because if there was ever a team or a year that Texas should face a good Kentucky team, I kind of wish this was it. Like if they had faced Kentucky two years ago, it would have been like, oh boy, let's just let's just all keep our keep our our hopes measured here. Uh, like just just keep it respectable. Um, yeah, but, but what if you go into the Rupp Arena and beat them by forty five points? I you know it's it feels like a very on brand thing to happen this year that in the COVID year would be the year that Texas goes and wins at Lawrence by 25 and at Rupp by 20 because both those teams are just down and, and Texas is good and everything's weird and there's no home team. There's a, you know, a smallish home crowd to, to, that really limits their influence. So um, yeah, Kentucky's not good. I mean, they're, they're good defensively. They're still good defensively, but their offense is bad. They don't have anybody who can really hit a three. Uh, and they're, it's sort of, if you can keep Olivier Saar, uh, or is it Oliver Saar? He's from France, so I keep wanting to say Olivier. Uh, I'm just going to say Olivier. Let's just say Saar. Uh, as, if you can keep Saar uh, under control, you're probably going to win the game because he's their best player that I've seen. And it seems like as he goes, so goes the team. So I'm, Pretty hopeful that Jericho Sims has another good game because he could neutralize a guy like that pretty well. And if he does that, then Kentucky's just going to have to hope one of their guards gets hot from three because it's just they're just not good offensively at all. Like they don't shoot the three well. They don't shoot the two well for having a seven footer in the middle. That's kind of weird. They they turn the ball over a lot. Like really the only thing they do well offensively is offensive rebound. So they're sort of West Virginia-esque this year, I guess. It's almost as if they expect the shot not to go in. Yes. Yeah, I guess <laughs> if you know it's not going to go in ever, you're prepared to go run after it. So that's the, the Brock Cunningham method of always assume it's not going in. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, it's it's a weird year for them. And I they got blasted by Alabama, which I guess is not that surprising because Alabama's blasting a lot of teams. They lose to Georgia, which is not great because Tom Crean is not exactly setting that team up for future success. And then they go blitz LSU and they beat Florida by nearly 20 points. Like, you know, I I don't know exactly who they, you know, it's like any given game, they could show up and do something really, really special, but they're they're just wildly inconsistent. Well, that sounds like what a young team is, and they are perpetually a young team as a team that's inconsistent. And they'll go out. They have, obviously, they have talent. They're Kentucky. They usually get five stars. So they have talent, and when it connects, you get those blitzes of Florida and LSU. However, if you can't put it together, you're obviously going to get those down periods of getting blitzed by Alabama and Auburn and losing to Georgia this year. I I think... If they follow this season with another down year, I'm willing to entertain the th- the theory that Jay Lucas is a curse because Texas seemed to really put it together this year after he left and Kentucky seemed to really go down this year when he showed up. So if there's another season of Jay Lucas at Kentucky and they end up like, you know, 15 and 17 next year or something. I'm going to be like, this This might be the Lucas curse. Who was the backup guard for Texas in 09-10 when they lost 
uh, 10 of the last 17, and then oh 2010 Lord, and 11. Tim, you when, yeah, you the and the 2009-2010 history. I'm just saying. Hey, Lucas is, is a secret curse upon he, us all. He, he was there for both of those tough ones. I, if you, <clears throat> I think Johnny puts it really intelligently when he talks about, like, it's it's just hard to watch a team like Kentucky this year and wrap your brain around kind of what you're seeing. Now, for people who don't know Coach Cal, as far as like like what they actually play like, because if you don't, if you don't, if you're not super super into college basketball, you maybe don't watch them a lot. He's a good defensive coach. Like the guy, the guy knows his stuff, and what he's been able to sort of do is he runs a pretty straightforward offense. Like it's there's no there's no frills with their offense. They they do a decent amount of like ball screens, down screens, back cuts, stuff like that. Um, but a lot of his offense is pretty simplistic, and he just recruits terrific players. And when you have the players that he has, uh, you can do what you want. So he really kind of hangs his hat defensively as far as as far as what they do. And, and this year is no different. The problem is they don't have the offensive firepower that they have in previous years. And so so it, w- when you watch them play, it's it, you can just see when they struggle, it's really bad. It's really bad. They just... They don't really know where to go. No one wants to shoot. Uh, so they so they end up kind of like Texas has in some of those years. Like I just – you think back to, to some of those crappy Barnes years, like the Javon Felix freshman year. It's like – is an entire team afraid of shooting? And that's that's just sort of what it felt feels like sometimes when we watch this game. I watched the game against Alabama when Kentucky lost at home to, to Alabama. And it just – and you could just – it just seemed like they were just absolutely – petrified of, of making an offensive mistake or, or trying something different. And so I, I would, I would caution people to, on the one hand, it, it can be easy to say, Oh, well, it's Kentucky. They're going to have studs and they, they certainly are talented. And like Johnny said, they've, they've kind of come up with a, a, a kind of a, a startling big win here and there, but it just isn't the same. And I'm not, I'm not sure that, that the SEC is all that good. And, and I don't know, what you'll get game to game, like you said, Will, when you're talking about a team as young as they are. But but what a, what a difference in the two games that you're going to see this week. You have an Oklahoma team that can be so efficient offensively and, you know, isn't super athletic, but but um, definitely definitely kind of makes their hey, heyday on the, on the offensive side of the ball versus Kentucky, who's very athletic and a super defense, but but not, a, not nearly as as comfortable and as efficient as Oklahoma is on the, on the offensive end. So we're going to get a couple of different, a very different types of games this, this time. And whereas I would have loved to see, I don't, I'm, I'm not as certain that I want to see Texas run against Oklahoma in the other ways. I, I kind of want to see Texas just sprint as fast as possible against KU or against Kentucky and see if they can, if they can out execute in that kind of style of game. Cause I think if you get Kentucky sped up like Alabama did, they're just going to be a turnover machine. So well, and they'll be coming off playing at Alabama, so it might be the second game in a row where they, where people just run on them. I mean, Texas does not run like Alabama. A few teams do, but it it would be pretty interesting to see the difference with Alabama and their sort of NBA threes and and dunks offense, and Texas with what they do while while they both push tempo. If if Kentucky comes out of this week with you know, two straight losses. I, I mean, they, they're going to have a hard time making the NCAA tournament period, but especially with those, those sorts of losses, that's just, they're running out of chances to, to make some sort of mild bubble tournament resume. I know we've been talking in general about Kentucky, but if there is a guy on this team who can break out, who is it on Kentucky? 
And how do you stop him? I mean, it's Sar. How do you make sure it doesn't happen? Yeah, it's definitely Sar. Like, he's he's their center. He's a seven-footer. Um, he's he's the guy. Like, and, It's and not it's, Boston Jr.? What's that? It's not Brandon Boston Jr.? No, no. I mean, you know, he, Boston is, is fine. Like, I don't, I'm not Homie sure. Homie shoots like 10% from three. <laughs> he's he's nine of 50. So he's 18%. Okay. You know, that's, there you go. Um, he, and, and, you know, he's, Boston's got, like, there's a lot, like every year with Kentucky, there, there's a lot of freshmen out there that you see something that you're like, okay, in a couple of years, that guy's going to be really good. He's just probably going to be doing it for like the Wizards or something. For the purposes of this week, it's Sar. Uh, he's the the reliable threat, and um, yet again, the way Texas recruits and the, the the depth on this team, they are uniquely suited to throw bodies at Sar, so that he's gonna have to work to beat him. And given that he is, I mean, he's a solid free throw shooter, but he's not spectacular. Maybe he goes to the line a bunch and does something, but generally speaking, like I think, guys, as long as there's not whistle happy refs that get Jericho two fouls in the first three minutes for ticky tack stuff, then he should probably be able to defend those guys pretty well. And then it's just a question of if Texas executes offensively well enough to to put up the points. Cool, cool. So I think that's about it, right? Not much else going on. So I guess you guys can pretend to get to know us if if you want. That may that might be cool. This week's question is what's your hottest food take? Give me a food take and like maybe I eat pure I eat peas weird or you know I fold my pizza. Give me something that's going to piss off somebody. I have found that people do not understand the depths to which I hate anything with horseradish sauce in it anything like i i don't think i've found a thing in that includes horseradish sauce that i like i won't eat wasabi here because i know it's mostly horseradish sauce any foods where i can taste it i'm i'm just like I, even if it's only like in the background i'm like something ain't right here i don't like this yeah that and dijon mustard both those things can get the fuck out i don't like either of those things at all dijon mustard yeah yeah but that's the best mustard though what yeah. what what other mustard would you rather have? Any other mustard. You could give me the mustard flour, and I would prefer it over Dijon mustard. Even the weird brown mustard that has all the seeds in it and stuff. Yes, that's the one. Ugh, that's just gross. Yeah, I I tried to like it. I I, I you know I gave it a several shots because I was like, well, maybe I'm not. But like, if I go get like a like a pastrami sandwich or something, and they try and put Dijon mustard, I'm like, no, 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 don't do it. That's like any of those deli sandwiches that they really like to put the any sort of Dijon mustard on. I'm like, put the regular, put the normal mustard on or just we'll pick something else. Like I can't just, I really want to enjoy the sandwich and you're going to kill this for me. Tim, you want me to go? Or you want to go? Either way, my guy. I'll let you go. Cause I'm still trying to think of a good one. So I've got a number of hot food takes, but I think my biggest one is that somehow app or not apples fruits are either the greatest or the worst things in the entire world to eat. And I get really pissed off at how often people use fruit as like, like the flavoring for other stuff. So 
I, I, I don't know. I've been so drunk so many times that we've done this show that I can't really tell for sure what I've said in the past. My eating habits are are routinely mocked by my family, whether it's my my own immediate family or my wife's extended family. It's 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 quite the point of contention. With a lot of this stuff, like that, some of the food that I don't like is objectively bad. Like there's food that I don't like that's just objectively bad that no one should like, and it just doesn't make any sense. But I will, I will admit that like cuttlefish or <laughs> onions, for one, particularly of the raw variety, disgusting. Um, anyways, but so disagree. But, but okay, mm. oh, well, you're objectively wrong. That's that's what I just said. But it's hot take. <laughs> but I'm I'm willing to admit that my my fruit habits are strange because I'm not sure that I like any food in the world more than I like apples in the fall like when we go to the orchard and pick apples out the tree i that's about as good as any food could possibly taste i feel similarly about like really good watermelon or really good uh oranges delicious about the best thing anything could be all other fruits are shit they're garbage anything that has the word berry in it is trash and disgusting and i hate it and if like so there's a there's a place i go to get chocolate chip bagels because chocolate chip bagels are objectively fucking awesome and if there is a if my daughter who likes blueberry bagels if they put the blueberry bagel in the same bag as my chocolate chip bagel and some of that disgusting bullshit touches my chocolate chip bagel well it's ruined it's ruined because it's so bad and awful and that's just it's just it's just terrible. And who can eat these fruits? What kind of savages are eating these things? Have they invented knives in Iowa so you could potentially just cut off the piece of bagel that touched the blueberry? That's just the essence. The essence of it, like it's it's so pervasive. It's just, uh, it's just <laughs> terrible. The essence of a blueberry. And so you know, and I haven't been to a restaurant for a long time, but you know, you go to a place like Applebee's. And you just want like a, I want a maple glazed chicken. That sounds fine. Like I, this, that place blows. So what am I going to get at Applebee's? But you know, it's Iowa, so your choices are limited. But they don't have the, they don't have just maple glazed stuff. Like you, you can have maple glazed with mango. Like fuck you, that stuff's disgusting. Make mango's gross. Like who would eat that shit? But you forced me to do that, or you know, like all this kind of stuff. That's just, it's just dumb. And people who eat them are dumb. Like that's just objective fact. Like if you eat fruits like that, you're a stupid asshole, and you're making my life tougher because then people think people like that when they don't, because it's objectively horseshit. But I can't order a maple glazed chicken because Will fucking loves dragon fruit. What? Idiot. What so if, frustrating. What if we got you like a good half of Eisen beer, but then put a slice of fruit in it? Well, that's the thing, though, too, because with like, okay, so I love I love oranges, not clementines or like cuties and stuff. That stuff's gross. Just like what? regular ass sun-kissed really? navel oranges. Delicious. The other ones are awful. Okay. Like inedible. And that's objective. But it's oh, it's <laughs> all right. I feel like the English teacher should have a better command of what words mean than this. But go ahead. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know specifically what the word objective means, uh, and it means precisely what I'm saying it as. But aren't oranges so fucked? Because if an orange is good, it's it's bliss. It's absolute heaven. If an orange is bad, I throw it in the trash after one bite. Like I just I can't even do it. Yeah. Like it's just there's no in between. There's like either it's either it's 
one of the best eating experiences I've ever I've ever had, or it's oh that's garbage, throwing it away immediately. You, that's objective fact, Jonathan, Johnny. Hmm. I can I can see that, but I I do think that all fruits are bad is is a bad take. Hold on now. No, he all had like two specific all fruits, fruits other than that apple, exceptions. watermelon, and oranges, and oh. occasionally banana if it's going in like ice cream. Or like on oatmeal or something like that. That's yummy. It's a good thing you're not a pirate, Tim. It's a really good thing you're not a pirate. You'd be what one are you of those. About? I love you'd be, you'd be a very, very good candidate for scurvy. No, or, you're trying to tell me that oranges don't have the vitamin C I need to not have rickets or whatever it would be. I, I like to think of Tim a month out into sea when the oranges are no longer perfect, taking a bite and being like, fuck this, and just throw it in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> My tendons are gonna just shrivel up and yeah. force me to walk like a natural yeah. lampoon. Anyways, half your teeth have fallen out, and you're like, still don't like the oranges. <laughs> <laughs> All right, drop me off over there. <laughs> Give me the rowboat. I'll figure this shit out myself. My hot take. My hot take is, I think. Anything that needs a sauce to make it a whole is bad. I think food should be able to stand on itself, by itself. And this includes fries and chips. That's some subjective shit right there. That is subjective to the core. No, I I think a food, <laughs> I think sauces hide the taste of a food. What about buffalo I, wings? I, I enjoy eating t- uh, tortilla chips. And fries plain. If you want to add a little bit to it, sure. Like, are you a serial killer? Like, what are you doing no. with your life? No, no, no. This Wait, is, I think now, food okay, okay, should hold be on. able to stand on itself I, by yeah, itself. Right, okay, right. Okay, now this is this is good. First of all, that's See, dumb. This is the type of take I was looking for right here. This is the one that, that pisses people off. Well, that's dumb. But so, <laughs> I'm not telling you that tortilla chips and fries aren't terrific. But then you're knowingly, purposely not partaking in salsa, which is one no, of... No, 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 you can partake in salsa, but the chips should be able to stand by themselves. So Anything but you're, that... You're thinking about it wrong. Like, it's it's not something that needs something else. It's something that's emboldened and and, and perfected by something else. No, you know, it should be... Oh. I, I am... I am. These chips are great. Yeah, this adds a little... I guess this adds a little bit more, but I could eat the chips by themselves. I think that... But the thing is, is are the chips the meal or is the queso the meal? It's the friendship. Point? It's the togetherness. Um, it's the friendship made along the way. <laughs> Jonathan, Johnny, what, 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 what? Yes, no. So, do you eat your buffalo wings plain? No. Okay. But if you fried, if you have the wings fried, if they don't need, so- they shouldn't need sauce. No, we we can stick but, with the salsa stuff. The salsa is like, so yummy. Well, so I. I feel like buffalo wings, beyond a certain point, right? Like, they have to be edible. They have to be decent. Like, they they have to be okay enough that they are consumable. But really, buffalo wings and tortilla chips and most French fries, they are sauce delivery mechanisms. Right, that's that's exactly it. Yes. See, and this kind of goes down to really the main root of this is I never really like sauce. Like, saucy stuff... And that includes barbecue sauce. Like I think barbecue should be able to stand. And that's really where this where this starts. I think barbecue. So it started with barbecue, and then you decided to expand out to like 
to yeah, fries. Yeah, keep about it. It, it works. It's like it's like the sandwich. You know, it's a hot dog a sandwich sort of thing. Yeah, it kind of kind of expands. You know, what is what is a sandwich? What it, you know? Yeah, that's you know, yeah yeah. It's yet another thing where people have just taken it entirely too far. Like Red Dirt no. Sport specifically, I'm calling him out here. But it, just in general, like there, that there's there's no look. I I eat chicken nuggets that are like fake chicken nuggets because they allow me to eat ranch and barbecue sauce and like Mm -hmm. spicy ketchup and stuff. Like, it's not like I'm like, Oh, these chicken nuggets are amazing. I'm like, Oh, these allow me to put more sauce in my face. Yes, exactly. That's they're fine. They're, they're, they're fine. But I think I get to dip them in things. Right. The, cause the, the yumminess is the sauce. So I guess if you don't like sauce, Huh. But I don't like fruit. We should probably mention that Will is eating a slice of white bread right now, just by itself. Yeah, because it's good. He's just been... With, oh, this, this is a constant whole milk. thing in the podcast a- where... No, no whole milk. He just sits here, <laughs> the loaf of white bread, and just as Tim is going off about the 2006 team and... What it was really missing. He's just, just slowly shoving. I was backing you up, Johnny. Balling it up, balling up the white bread. Your take that Jay Lucas was was a curse, a pox on our house. And I was saying the last two most frustrating Texas teams had him as a backup guard, and yeah, you're no, and that's, betraying and that was, me. That was all perfect and fine. I'm just pointing out that while that was happening, Will ate half a loaf of white bread in the background. Yeah, because it doesn't need sauce. It just doesn't need sauce. Okay, do you like spaghetti, Will? Uh, not really, honestly. Wow, it's a little bland. Spaghetti is pretty bland. Uh, so see, Tim, do you like spaghetti with fresh oranges on it? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's just weird to me to think that someone could think about marinara sauce the way that I think about kiwi. One of them is objectively incredible. Sure, but I okay. So I'm eating the marinara sauce. I could eat the marinara sauce. That's that's the food to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I can't I can't say what I say about fruit and then and then give you crap about that stuff. Like that's a, that's yeah. I, I, I would say that your take is lukewarm. Mine is the hottest for sure, but it's not bad. No, my take is gonna piss some people off for sure. <laughs> I'm enjoy. I'm waiting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not going to argue it. It's a pretty bad take. No, well, I, 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 I agree that both of you are psychopaths, so that's that's <laughs> fine. So I feel like if you're thinking about – so, Johnny, what barbecue meat would you say is not – are there any barbecue meats that are not improved by sauce? The only one that I could think of would be like like hot link sausage Brisket. kind of stuff. Uh, burnt, sausage. Burnt ends. Anything. Good okay. burnt Literally ends. Any, any, any barbecue should not have to have sauce on it. I will. I I love brisket, but but brisket with sauce is perfection. Like I had, it's, no. it's better. But yeah, to no. me, it's a sausage that like the hot link no. sausage. That, yeah, no, you sound you sound it. like you're not from Texas. Ah, you say that. Well, I mean, <laughs> I lived it before you did, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, yeah, I, I can see that. All right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening and pretending we were football for the past hour or so. I've been your host, Will Bazer. You guys can find me on Twitter at W-I-L-L-B-A-I-Z-E-R. Johnny Brashear, where can we find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well, at BitterWhiteGuy, and also Substack, uh, BitterWhiteGuy.Substack.com. Um, I have a Patreon, which uh, people are paying me not to post this week, apparently, so that's great. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much pretty much it these days. I I keep a low profile. I've been profile. thinking about starting a Patreon for Hornscast. I mean, it might work. You never know. People I know. are there. I got I got more than one person willing to pay me a small monthly fee to write. So if they're willing to do that for me, they're probably willing to do that for some something else. Like I don't maybe you know we'll see. We'll, yeah we'll see we'll see. Tim, do you wanna you wanna tell us where you're you're from and what's your deal and you know how you like your food and sure. what's your favorite fruit and or color. Um, Perhaps northern spy apples are my favorite fruit. I think my favorite color is probably Columbia blue, like North Carolina blue. Where I'm from currently, uh, doesn't matter. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Can you give me your address and your social security number? Um, I I can tell you the address of the person whose fake ID I found one time in college. That was a very exciting day. Like a week into my freshman year, I found someone's ID and like perhaps leg- you can finish the show off with that. I'm gonna finish the show off with the different foods that I don't like because I got a long oh, okay. list. Okay. So uh, on Twitter at Inside Texas Hoop, no S, and on InsideTexas.com, a lot of a lot of places you can find Texas information, but we think we have the best one. We'd love to have you there. Come hang out with us. And y'all can find other podcasts just like this one on the Horsecast channel. What you're listening to right now. Basketball, football, probably maybe talk some baseball too as that's coming up. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you can find it on any podcasting platform out there, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, wherever you find your podcast, you'll find it there. On that note, thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week. Hook them. Hook them. Okay, so another food that I don't like all that much is movie theater popcorn, which is really, very frustrating because there have been times in my life where I could eat like, you know, like a huge bucket of this stuff because it's so, so damn good. But if they if they overput butter on it or if they just, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of like oil thing that when they actually pop it, it's just, it just is not right and it almost tastes like burnt. There's a place that's not far from our house, which is the big like Cineplex thing and it's got, you know, the stadium seating and the like the, the really nice like recliner, heated recliner chairs and it's, it's the place to go to watch movies and I can't eat popcorn there because the last time I ate popcorn there, it just made my stomach sick. It makes my kids' stomach sick when we go there. I don't appreciate that. Next thing I don't like, Red Lobster. Yuck. Not good food there. Seafood sort of in general is kind of gross. I don't like it. I can have like, um, you know, flounder is not bad. I kind of like tilapia. But anything else, it's just it's just, it's just fishy tasting and rubbery. And I, I'm not here for it. I'm not going to deal with that garbage. Lobster and crab, yuck. No thank you. It's not very good. Next thing, Pepsi. Why? Why would Pepsi even be a thing? It doesn't taste good. No one likes it. The whole world's like, oh, we're going to walk past the Pepsi stuff to get to the Coke. And even then, when you go and find that stuff, like you know that Pepsi's paying top dollar to make sure that theirs is first. Like Whatever way you enter the aisle, the Pepsi is always there where you are first. Like There's some kind of magical thing that's going to make it there first. And you have to walk past it to go get to the Coke. Way better. Next thing, grapefruit. Who just... Kill it with fire. Like take that every grapefruit you ever see and throw it into the ocean and just make sure it drowns a terrible death so that no one has to do it again. Next thing, any type of cereal that has fruity stuff, awful.
it like tricks uh fruity pebbles like it just you know whatever my, my kids always want to get that and i just like we're not going to spend any money on that because my parents tell me that we that i couldn't watch heroin well it's too dense well fruity pebbles is too dense 